this is a, a thought that has been bouncing around in my brain um, since I first heard it, which was my boss was saying that um, we were talking about the, the ship stuck in the Suez Canal and how once they got it unstuck, his big question, uh, because he is a project manager and it's the way that he thinks about things, was what ship will go through the canal first? Do they know? Is it just in the order that they've been going or have they reprioritized? Did they say, hey, this one's got vaccine ingredients that's trying to get right. through the Suez Canal and this one's got uh, oranges and that can wait another week? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting question. I didn't think about that. And yeah, it's a really interesting question. And he said, so I'm, I, I'm almost certain somebody's got to like work, have worked that all out by now. Right. Mm -hmm. There's just no way that they could all be standing around and not yet have it figured out. And I'm thinking like I you you also experienced the last two years the same way that I experienced the last two years. Right. Mm -hmm. Where there was just like nobody. Nobody was like, hey, I know what's the right thing to do here. And so I'm going to do it. Uh, There there was none of that. There's been none of that. And I don't know why it would start you know, whatever, two weeks ago when they, they unblocked the Suez Canal. Uh, but he was still pretty certain. Um, and so I've been thinking about that as there being like the adult in the room that like in a lot of situations, things go more smoothly. If there's somebody who's like, hey, this is vaccine ingredients and they need to be prioritized. Yeah. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it does feel like there's not adults in a lot of rooms and in a lot of other ways i feel like i am 22 yes i'm 22 and need to be an adult in a bunch of (laughs) by the time this episode releases we'll see uh i am feeling like I need to be the adult in the room or like the adult in my own context in a way that feels unfair. I don't want to have to be the adult in the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like the, so this is one place that my partner and I come back to and talk about a lot because it's something we both think about a lot is that, uh, our parents have a lot more trust in like the existence of a social safety net that there's this like, Oh, well you could go to a coat drive and your, your kids will have coats or um, you can just go to the food pantry, which presumes that there's a food pantry in your area that you are able to get to it with the means of transportation available to you that there's not, um, Right. Any other barriers in your way Mm -hmm. to getting to the food pantry, to getting the food and to like surviving Um, in a way that like I think that that was true when um, our parents grew up or at least more true uh, and in a way that I think is less true now. Um, Mm. The other one that I always come back to is that there were not credit scores well, 50 years ago. 
And so there's a lot of stories I hear from people uh, who were my age, 50 years or just a little bit less ago, um, who like they're the things that they're telling me they're like oh yeah we just like jury rigged the the check machine and it it pretended it processed a thousand checks and it didn't actually process that many checks and that was fine and we just went out to the bar and nobody was checking the logs so you know whatever and like i couldn't somebody's checking the logs now um yeah there's no like end point to this i wanted to know if you wanted to pile on more uh I have a little bit to say about credit scores, which is that uh, there was the thing a while back about China's social credit score, and then someone uh, someone was like, we should have that in America, and then everyone was like, no! <laughs> Except for, you know... The fascists. A certain, a certain group of people who are like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Um, <laughs> and yeah, euphemisms are, are for the rich. Um, and, but like, everyone was like, like, actually a a lot of people were like, social credit score is a terrible idea that is super unfair to basically everyone who isn't, you know, and not Mm -hmm. the good kind of, you know, not the, you know, (laughs) um, and like, Normal credit scores work the exact same way, by the way. Yeah. I saw someone on Twitter say, um, my airline expired my frequent flyer card because I wasn't flying very much and my credit score went down. So there was a pandemic, I stopped flying, and then my credit score went down. My other thought was that as a society, we put some, not not, not so much as other cultures, but like in America, we kind of say like, respect your elder, elders kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. they have more experience, they know what they're doing in certain contexts and when you are 20 something and you have to be the adult in the room like even according to our own society's rules that shouldn't happen which is weird i i find that odd mm-hmm. that that it, that it happens cause, and it's a thing that both you and i can go yeah yeah i understand that <laughs> That's the thing I have felt. We're just doing fucking free word association. Let's start with, uh, there aren't a lot of queer elders for Reagan reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of like just slightly not queer youth who are have to have to be the adult in the room because who's going to be Um, leftists uh right there was a lot of like government operations to be like hey how do we make all of america less radical and take out the heads of radical institutions and they succeeded 
uh, because they have a monopoly on violence. And so now we're like, hey, how do we do this thing where we question the government? And it's like, I don't know. I have literally no one to turn to. Um, there's there's some association. There was another thing I was going to do. Oh, so there's like that. And then there's also like 4-H, Boy Scouts, are some things where you kind of cosplay being the adult in the room. You get to be like... Mm-hmm the treasurer of the 4-H club. Uh, that was myself. And what did that mean? No one knew. Not like the adults who were supposed to do the, like, the 4-H longevity, right? It's 4-H, all, all institutions made up of children have an issue where they stop being children at some point, right? You can't really have an effective college uh, campus political organization because they've got four years at max, maybe yeah. five, uh, and then they're like on to the next thing. And so it was really hard to be like, hey, here's a concern. We're going to take this concern. We're going to see it through to the end. And then when somebody says, hey, why was this thing? Why did this thing happen? You can come and ask me about it. You can't do that. I'm in Iowa now. Um, yeah. Like you have a you try to bring something up with the. What's it called? It's the school board for college. We've got the dean and we've got the, like, student association. Yeah, so you, like, take it to the dean and they're like, yeah, it's going to take three years to get through. For this policy to get through, we need three years. (laughs) And then you're you're just like, I'm going to, this will not be my problem in three years. Not even close. It's probably three years is an exaggeration, but you know. And so like there's the a kind of passing the torch that doesn't get to happen or doesn't really get to happen because like the president of the student association is there for ten months. And then they've got to just like hand it off. They've got to be like, all right, next president, here you go. I learned basically nothing and can tell you almost nothing about what I learned. Um, and in a similar way, right, I w- became the 4-H treasurer when I was in uh, in high school. And, like, what does that mean? I still don't know. Still have no clue. <laughs> I was in another state when I was supposed to pass the torch. Um, it, like, <laughs> I had a job that had... Uh, we'll say uh, unclear responsibilities and I didn't learn what the responsibilities were and have nothing to tell the person who's going to do them next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> once once a month, the person, the like adult in the room, who was actually the adult, uh, mm-hmm. would show up with a checkbook and they'd have me sign the thing because apparently I'm supposed to sign sign the checkbook now as the treasurer. Um, and like, okay, cool. I, did I learn anything from that experience? No. Can I put it on my resume? Yes. Will they love it? I don't know. Did they also do 4-H and we're also a treasurer and they can be like, Hey, wait a minute. I was a 4-H treasurer. This is bullshit. You're just bullshitting me. Um, (laughs) I suppose there's a chance, but. So there's the free association. There are some other thoughts around being the adult in the room. And also 
sometimes I want to be the adult in the room. Like, that would be really good. I get that there needs to be an adult in the room, and I think it would be good for me to be that person sometimes. Mm. Um, and so there there are issues with the, the knowing how and the understanding how. Um, and so I don't want to be the adult in the room in regards to, like, I have to constantly think about my credit as a 22-year-old um, because it feels like one wrong move and everything goes goes splat um, because I don't have enough credit history to like kind of counteract any little mistake I make. Um, but I get the importance of there being an adult in some rooms, in, in most rooms. I don't know about all rooms yet. <laughs> also, I think we have trended towards assuming that the adult in the room will be the market. This is a thing that I am just now thinking, but like the, the market will tell us to stop killing the environment. Right. And so that's where, where we have issues, but like the Suez canal thing, if you're just like whoever pays the most to get the, the Suez canal fast pass and they just zoom through the Suez canal. No, not that. Uh, but actually that is a way I could see that situation being handled. So nobody had to, had to like make tough decisions. Yeah. But it's not the best way. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's a difference between like consciously making the decision and not consciously making the decision. I think market, if, if the, if there's a, rule that says no one's allowed to make that decision then i think the market is probably not the worst way we could do that Mm -hmm. like doing it randomly probably wouldn't be better than doing it by who's going to pay the most right but like we have the ability to think it through and then you don't Yeah. Not necessarily for the Suez Canal thing. I don't know actually how that was handled. But, like, in general, we have the ability to stop and go, what's the best way to do this? And then we don't. Right. And so there's... This all comes back to, I decided recently, that if I were to go back to school, and it couldn't be for, like, continuing computer science, Mm -hmm. it would be, I would try to get the best major i could or not major but like you know whatever degree level so that i could be a person to say like hey if we put trains here now then there will be trains here for a hundred years and things will get better around the trains if you if you put money into infrastructure the things will improve around the infrastructure if you say hey let's do a highway and then you just kind of like dot stuff around the highway, just put some stuff, put some little suburbs here and there. Um, you're going to end up with a whole lot of sprawl. And it's like you can either let the market decide, hey, the cheapest thing to do right now is to add another suburb um, that people have to drive three hours to get to the nearest city. Or you can say the best thing we can do in a big sense is make the conscious decision to invest in 
long-standing infrastructure that makes the lives of the people around the infrastructure better and not just makes them happen <laughs> right highways makes life highways make lives happen um in a way that i think conscious infrastructure can make lives better and i would like to I be agree. the adult in the room to say what if we think about how to consciously make things better and not just like grease the wheels of whatever is already happening yes also i i so i i hear that and i go but what if they what if they don't want an adult to be in the room right and i like that that would be what i would be afraid of in that situation which is that i step up and i go trains we're doing trains and then everyone was like but i want okay. my life to be possible okay. and not better yeah. <laughs> so yeah we can do trains we're actually doing highways we're just going to do highways more <laughs> More suburbs, right. more sprawling. That's why it would be my second degree. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. Well, so my boss was telling me about the... Um, I keep on mentioning this guy because he's one of the like five people that I interact with on a regular basis. Um, to be continued. Uh, let's go. <laughs> we were talking about the proposed... Um, Milwaukee to Madison rail line that got canceled because um, Scott Walker was mad that a black man was president. Um, yes. I don't need to explain my growl. <laughs> you know why I growled. I growled because of racism. Yeah. And so the thing about that is that it was going to end somewhere really weird. And we were talking about that, and I was like, Scott Walker was mad that a black man was president. And he was like, well, I'm glad that that rail line didn't go through. What he said was, I'm I'm a big fan of rail, but I'm glad that that rail line didn't go through. And I said, what is that about? Um, and he said, well, do you know where it was supposed to end? And like, that's a really short-sighted way to look at it. But let's look at... I think the place that it was supposed to end was somewhere like very far away from what you think of as Madison, like the the main chunk of Madison, the state street okay. and the Capitol and all that kind of stuff. UW sure. Madison. Um, and it was going to be off somewhere in, in a, by a firehouse or I don't know. It was going to be by the airport. That's where it was going to be. So it's going to end up, it was going to end up somewhere near the regional airport. And like, if I were to, to put a, a train station in Madison, I wouldn't put it there. But there's probably a lot of reasons that happened. Um, and so like, it put you out in a like a place that was not, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this is where I would definitely want to end up, right? If you were building Madison from square one to be connected to Milwaukee, um, you would not put a train station there. But a train station there is better than no train line. <laughs> yeah. Like um, you can get especially a lift considering from... Right. You can lift. 
probably i think this the city of madison can handle its bus system well enough that they could have a bus line that connected from the train station to state street where where like probably the the place that most people who come to madison would want to end up yeah and i i it's been a minute since i've looked at the bus routes but there might be one Mm -hmm. but it's not enough at the moment but it could be enough i think they could make that they they could invest in that especially since they're charging two dollars per bus ride do they have a cap this is something that that always interests me is that so like uh, there are some cities that if you pay with a card so if you just load your card up with 20 bucks or whatever Mm-hmm. And you pay for transit with this card mm-hmm. um, that it will charge you per trip until you get to the daily cap, which is also the like one day pass that you could buy. I see. Um, I don't know. So I've paid for bus rides in two ways in Madison. I've paid in cash and I've paid um, uh, via my tuition and got a free bus pass with that. Mm. Um. So I don't actually know what the like the thing is, but if you don't get a if you don't get a card, if you don't get a card, then it's definitely two dollars per bus ride. Hmm. This is information I could look up. <laughs> you know. This is a journalism podcast. (laughs) So you'd end up in this place and it wouldn't be like the most sensible place, but it would be a train line. And the other thing is now that you've got a train line ending in this place, maybe uh, a Jamba Juice or something wants to be like, hey, when you get off the train, you know what you want? Jamba Juice. Wait for the bus. (laughs) Drink your Jamba Juice. Enjoy the the train ride that you you just took on a, a Spanish train. And it's getting fixed in Wisconsin and it's employees employing Wisconsin workers. There's a lot of good things about trains. Uh, it's not like that money just didn't get used. It just got used <laughs> elsewhere. I'm. <sighs> You're having an argument with someone that is not in the room, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um. So anyway, I think in that sense, you could be someone who says, hey, we can think about this in a long-term way that having a train line go between these two places and being able to build up around that train line is better than not having a train line and like not being able to move forward with it. Um, don't let perfect get in the way of good I think is what I'm saying in that particular rant hey Zach hey Liz so you know how uh, sometimes the internet is a pretty cool place yes occasionally sometimes. Uh, please please click on the link that I have sent to you okay I, I I did peek just to let you know. I right. um uh, this, it's a lot. 
It's a lot. There's a lot happening. Uh, so Liz and I are looking okay. at. We're gonna turn the sound is. off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, why is that playing out of my computer speakers? It doesn't matter. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> so Liz and I are looking at a, it's a website for the Yamauchi number 10 family office, uh, which is something, I got to scroll down to the part where it's in English. Um, it's, uh, like in the honor of the third president of Nintendo Co who took it from being like a a playing card game company to a video game company um and it is like the craziest website it's all of this 3D pixel art um that i think is rendered in css i tried to look at it and could not find answers as to how any of it like becomes something on the screen what happens if i just it okay so like if you just like view source it looks like a normal website and i'm Mm -hmm. trying to find where this is happening okay so there are one two three four five six style sheets being applied to this page the very first thing to notice about this page is that it scrolls diagonally. Also, all the text is diagonal, so if you want to read it, kind of got to uh, tilt your head. Um, and also, the pixel art is on top of the text, so you kind of have to wait for it to move itself out of the way <laughs> if you want to read it. <laughs> or this CSS file. It is making my computer breathe. Yes. Let's see. How? What about JavaScript? Oh my god, it's all minified. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, I think a lot of this is happening in JavaScript. Okay. Based on, you know, my my reading of a minified JavaScript file. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just. Uh, what's the best way to do this? I'm going to copy a line. And put it in the Slack. Because I think it's it's a very good example. And so what they're actually saying on this website is it's a lot about being the adult in the room. It's about like, hey, we have a lot of money because you gotta... Oh my god. <laughs> There's okay. like five or so different lines that look like that. Oh, maybe... No, more than five. Way more mm. than five. Oh, this is a long... Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. I am confident that this is doing something. It's probably, like, WebGL or something. Let's see. Would I be able to tell that from somewhere? Not easily. So there's... Yeah, there's a lot happening in this in this page. It does have something called engine.min.js. Which tells me that there's probably, like, it's built up on something. hmm What that something is, no clue. 
and it's extremely distracting, but you can turn it all off, which yeah. is helpful. So the point is the Nintendo, you know, the guy who made Nintendo made a lot of money doing that, made Nintendo what it is today, made a lot of money doing that. Um, and now they have like money and they want to spend it on making things better in a conscious way. And I think that's neat. But mostly I just thought this website was absolutely absurd and wanted Liz to also think about it. It's, how do I say this? Like, it's not bad. It's not a bad website. Mm-hmm. But it is there just to be there. Like, just to just to be absurd. The absurdity for absurdity, absurdity's sake. Which, like, right. is not a bad thing. I quite like it. I will say that if you scroll all the way to the bottom, uh, you end up at the top. I don't think I've... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you scroll... Wait, okay. What? If you scroll up from the top, though, you don't. hmm If you scroll all the way to the bottom again... Oh... It's like uh, infinitely loading Reddit. Except it's just the top again. Oh, uh, but if you scroll all the way to the bottom and then you scroll up again. (laughs) Yeah, look at how your scroll bar looks now. (laughs) It's just adding more, more and more. How long before Safari crashes? Mm Mm-hmm. Or there's a Easter egg, right? You get to 100, and you get a, a you get the actual website. Actually, we're not going to do any of these things. We're just going to <laughs> we just give it give all the money to the first person who scrolls to the the 42nd version of this page, but no farther. Right. I don't want Safari to crash, but I do want to see how far I can go. And I have a mouse that has a free spinning scroll wheel, so mm. I can. It's extremely easy to do so. I did just get an object printed out from the command line. Oh, I was not looking at the console. What do I do? Okay, can I store as variable temp zero? Yeah, temp. Yeah, why does it give us? Dot. Did it give you the main? tag as well no no give you a different object if i set the height to 100 i don't see what that changed but it doesn't mean it didn't change anything oh things are starting to break (laughs) now only the uh the little the squares i guess the like just the cubes that roll around are loading Mm mm-hmm And occasionally it stops scrolling for a second and then continues. Okay, I'm getting a couple seconds before the lily pads show up at the start of the page. Okay. I gotta get to the start of the page again. It's about, here we go. I am not getting any lily pads. (laughs) (laughs) No lily pads. The scroll bar is hardly moving when it goes back up to the top. Uh-huh. 
Welcome to the Worrying Bugs, where we do journalism. Do journalism. Anyway, uh, we'll just keep that in RAM <laughs> while we do something else. <laughs> I will not. I can hear it breathing. Uh, let's close that tab. Okay, closed. Gotta give it a second for the video to buffer. Um, that's all. There's no. There's no big. There's no idea. There's no big idea behind that. I just thought it was a cool website. It is a cool website. Um, I wonder who it is who had the occasion to make that website. Yeah. Like, what path do you go down in life that ends in you making that website? I wonder. Like, maybe there's. I'm gonna see if there's like a HTML uh, thingama that says like created by. Uh, how did you stumble upon this? I cannot remember. Okay. I like, I found it and then I was trying to trace back like where I found it and I could not tell you. It's got a lot of comments on Hacker News. I also want to know like how this was pitched. Mm-hmm. The dev agency is Mount Inc. Here's some behind the scenes stuff on their Twitter. Uh, the URL is mount.jp. So they do some like really beautiful, just like clean, beautiful websites. And they do some that are like, hey, we're going to put particle effects in your website. <laughs> yeah. This one just... has like a sand animation. Their about page basically just says we're going to make a cool website. Above all, we make things that we like. So there's the answer. Get good at particle effects and then go work at mount.jp. And you can make the Bandai Star Wars promotion website. So as as I was looking at that website and I was scrolling um, through the Hacker News, um, Hacker News is known for being kind of cynical about things. Uh, and so they had a cynical take on... Um, on this website, which was like, oh, the stagnation is happening and we got to do something about it and we're going to do it by investing money. And they were like, I don't know how much that is true in the first part and how much investing the Nintendo guy's money is going to fix it. Um, right. And that's they're kind of saying that that's like a phrase that doesn't hold a lot of meaning for them. Yeah, right. Um and I have some of those phrases like that. Um, we're going to invest in the future and dream towards the future is not necessarily a phrase like that, that I think means something to other people that doesn't mean something to me. I think I have a pretty similar received meaning to that as when somebody says that, what they're intending to mean. Right? Yes. Uh, but there are some phrases that I see people say on Twitter or uh, here in podcasts, things like that that I don't um I don't know what they mean and I think that the person who's saying them thinks thinks about them with a lot more meaning than the way that I receive them. Hmm. Do you have examples for us? I do have examples. Um this is also a, a call to action, Liz, if you've got uh in the next two weeks if you are going along and you say, Hey, I um would like I am now noticing that my video is frozen. What is that about? Like your little mirror? Yeah. It's probably Weird. fine. <laughs> I overloaded everything scrolling too far on that website. And now it's... 
Um, so if you if you are moving along and in your day and you think, hey, that's a phrase that probably means something to that person that doesn't mean the same thing to me. Um, I I encourage you to keep a list of that because I okay I, I I'm I'm trying to collect these phrases because I I find them very interesting because communication as a whole is really interesting in the way that we try and get ideas from our brain to other people's brains. Uh, it's it's a complicated process and it's there's a lot of pitfalls in there. Um, and also I just want to know what these phrases mean. Here are the phrases. Uh, number one, Merlin Man always talks about teppanyaki videos. I don't know what teppanyaki is. I do not know how to spell it. And I <laughs> like my my wondering is not high enough to get me to actually Google what teppanyaki videos are. Uh, yes, I am in a similar boat. <laughs> uh, another phrase that I think means something to people uh that i'm like oh that sounds like a good sentiment but i don't know like what there's no meat on those bones uh is that we must establish power structures outside of the existing electoral process um classic very classic and i still don't know what it means (laughs) uh there's also that people say we should legalize density or legalize row housing and like they're not I i don't think there's a law on the books that's like we cannot have density um, I think it's like a Venn diagram of a bunch of laws locking together being like, Hey, you cannot make a row house. And like the property law doesn't work that way that you can like buy this thing and build it all up and then sell people individual, you know, s- slots of this property that you just built up upon. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like, that's probably like a zoning law thing. Right. And then there's zoning. There's like, you can't have it this dense. There's like, it needs to be just like houses need to be this wide. Probably like the ADA makes it harder to have row housing. I don't really want to repeal the ADA just so we can have no. row, row housing. Um, and so that is, that's another phrase that like, I have a vague guess as to what it means, but I'm not. I don't know what the path between here and row housing is legal looks like. And I, right. when people say that, I don't know what they're thinking it looks like either. Um, so these are my phrases that people repeat that I wish meant something to me. And it's just a little list that I keep in drafts because I want to know. I would like to know as well now. Um, and I will definitely be paying closer attention to... Because sometimes you say people say things... And you either kind of know what they mean and you don't really question it or you you say, I don't really know what that means, but like the conversation has already moved on and it's really not like by the time you have identified mm-hmm. the particular aspect that you don't quite understand, it's like not worth talking about anymore. Or it feels like that. Right. I'm, so I, I googled row housing just to make sure I had a good sense of what it is. And I'm getting two types of images. Okay. Some that look like this. Sending through Slack. And some that look like this. Wow, that video, that, that image is so small. What I'm thinking about is the second one. These are such small images. <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of clicked and dragged from Google Image Search. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So like the first one is awful and I hate it. And the second mm-hmm. one is great and I love it. Yeah. In my mind, a shared wall is kind of important. And then with that, you can make shitty architectural decisions of, uh, for example, just having the garage take up the entire front of the building. But I suppose if they're sharing a wall, that's like row housing in in the way that people usually think about it. But yeah, the lower one is what I'm what I'm picturing. Um, yeah. So that should be the the first one should be illegal and the second one should be required, I think. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But that I'm thinking like the first one this is housing policy is really tough uh because especially the way that we do it it's not like you go, "Hey, I have a house in my brain that I want to have built." You walk into a, a suburb a lot of times and you go, "Hey, they just built 20 houses in this suburb and I would like one of them." And the house mm-hmm. is built and shaped and has the the structure and the materials that it comes with. And you don't go like, ah, I want to use a sustainable wood and I want to think about, uh, you know, is this house still going to be around in 100 years or is it going to crumble into a pile of drywall and two by fours? Um, uh-huh. And like those are just all not things you're allowed to think about if you're just walking up to a house that's already built on a lot and you just say, I want that one. Right. Um and so I was about to say, if you allow people the second one, then the first one just becomes a matter of taste. But it is like it isn't taste. It's about it's what's affordable and what the development agency wants to make. And um, what? Yeah. Like what's available in the region around where your job is. Right. The second one is also a matter of taste, but that's just because it's so tasty. Um, yes. I am enamored with row housing in part because of the way that all of these buildings were built the same way and they all ended up so different um, between the paint and the the windows mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And that is another thing about thinking about how do we make this thing better for a hundred years from now and for the time in between now and a hundred years from now. But like a hundred years from now, a lot of those, the, the suburbia houses are either going to be exactly the same with a different coat of paint or they are not going to exist anymore. Yeah, the swamp they built the suburb on is uh, uh-huh. coming coming for them. <laughs> um, and if you build ones with an allowance for character, um, but like good structure... Uh, like like the lower images here, which are like densely packed row houses, um, you get something really vibrant and really alive and really dense. And uh, I'm pretty sure some of these buildings are residences and some of them are like shops and bars and that kind of thing in a way that is really cool and really valuable for a city. I like the idea of having mixed residential and commercial buildings and so that's something that like i know in my city it is legal um because i can like point am i pointing no i'm not pointing the right direction that way (laughs) (laughs) and um i know that there are buildings and there 
a grocery store on the bottom, not a grocery store on the bottom, but a bakery on the, yeah, there's one with a bakery on the bottom and an apartment on top. Don't be creepy. Um, Like, so it's possible to do, but again, it comes down to like, it's not just a matter of taste and it's not just a matter of law, but it's a matter of like what becomes incentivized by all of the like enormous Venn diagram of it's a lot cheaper to build just a single detached house and sell it to somebody and now it's their problem than to be like, hey, we're going to build a bunch of row houses. Um, They're all going to exist cohesively and also be managed independently. Um, Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of value in density, but that value does not come to the people who build the buildings. And so, why would they? Because someone else was the adult in the room, presumably. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's a place where zoning becomes useful, where you can be like, hey, this is, you're right on a bus line. This is transit-oriented development, and we're going to say you either need to have uh, multifamily housing or single-family housing on top of a commercial space or, you know, whatever. There's a, you can say, hey, we're going to let you have a mix of things, but at least some of this street needs to be mixed use. Um and like that's a place where zoning could be useful where you say hey because of the the space that you're in because you're right on a bus line it makes a lot of sense to center a lot of things right here um and the problem comes in when you can be like hey we only want single family housing zoning uh in this city and then you price everyone all of the undesirables out that's a lot that's a lot to keep track of yeah and it's a lot to compress into a single phrase like we need to make row housing legal or density legal mm-hmm. and it is in a lot of places it is in various ways made illegal in some t- mm-hmm. sometimes by the very structures that would in- also be used to encourage it right that if you've got single family only zoning you can't build row housing yeah. So we can just think... let the market go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say something snarky and you have an actual legitimate question. Go ahead. Do you think that uh the people saying we should legalize density have all of what we just said and, you know, everything else that goes along with it that we didn't mention in mind when they say that? Or maybe not, like, in mind, but do you think it, like, do you think that they, that's what they mean? That, you know, if the, if the phrase doesn't have meaning for you, does it have meaning for the person saying it in that case? I think so. I can't imagine what else it would be. And so I'm, right, limited by my imagination, um, Mm -hmm. but I can build a coherent story that in large part contains all of the stuff we were just talking about when somebody says we should legalize row housing. Yeah, right. And I think also it becomes a thing like, I don't know, I probably heard some white guy on a podcast talk about this a while ago, um, that like you can get up in the morning and be like, hey, I really care about uh access to society for queer youth 
right? That's a thing that I think is important. And you can say, okay, so what I care about is that. And I'm going to enact that by getting involved in politics, let's say. And you do that and you go, okay, well, the person who is saying they're going to provide the best access to queer, to society for queer youth is Tammy Baldwin, hypothetically. She probably has pretty good queer policies, if I had to guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the like time for election comes around and you're like well i care about tammy baldwin and i care about her being in a position to enact her her pro-queer policies um and then the next morning you wake up and you think okay i want tammy baldwin elected and two more mornings later you think okay i don't want i don't think anyone's running against you know whoever running against tammy baldwin i just don't want them elected um and the way that the original idea of like, Hey, here's this thing I care about can become encased in so many layers of like, here's the thing to get to the thing, to get to the thing, to get to the thing, to get to the thing that I care about. And I'm just mad at Republicans now. And I'm (laughs) not, I don't wake up in the morning and think about, um, letting queer kids use the bathroom. I wake up in the morning and think about, I hate Republicans. Um, And I think in a similar way, you can have all of this in your brain when you say we should legalize row housing. Um, And you can say we should legalize row housing and have nothing in your brain but that thought. Right. That like it's a stand in and it's empty without all the other stuff behind it. Yeah, that that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Thank you. Mm hmm. So anyway, this has been Zach's Linguistics Corner, where he thinks about uh, the trials and tribulations of communicating an idea from your head to someone else's. Next week, we're going to talk about user stories. So, Zach. Yeah? If if you wanted to convey to me, someone who, you know, has listened to every single episode of this podcast. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> You have also just, (laughs) uh, if you wanted to say, like, all the information that comes along with the, with, with the, that comes from the idea of, uh, dairy not being the only way to make certain products, Mm. but also kind of still limit it to things that would make good alternatives rather than just anything that is not dairy right you would probably just say it's a non-dairy it's a non-dairy milk and we would probably assume that it's uh nut milk or some other type of vegetable and we probably wouldn't assume that it is or or even maybe like a goat milk but you wouldn't expect it to be like oh yeah we uh blended up some slugs and we made milk out of that okay there's some like some like everyone knows what i'm talking about when i say non-dairy right yeah it's a phrase that we've kind of landed on a collective definition 
mm-hmm. um, and a collective interpretation. And an interesting thing about that is that a lot of times if I say non-dairy milk, you're thinking about, like you were saying, that it's a particular nut or it's um, oat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole like world that we don't see explored often at this stage in the non-dairy landscape, which is mashups. <laughs> you know, non-dairy mashups. Uh by which I mean like oat milk has some good qualities. And coconut milk has some good qualities for other things, right? It's a different kind of smooth. It's a different kind of creamy. Um, And nut milk brings the protein in there in a way that the others don't. And so a lot of times nut milks can get frothier than others. And so there are advantages to taking a a collection of milks where even if I say non-dairy and you think like, oh, that might be coconut or it might be oat or something, you're probably only thinking this particular milk is made up of one ingredient, one primary ingredient. That is absolutely how I think. And so there are some some products I want to try and haven't had a chance to yet that do uh, the the non-dairy mashups. Um, One in particular is a barista non-dairy milk from the UK. that I have not been able to get. Uh, But another one that I recently tried, um, because I was like, oh, if they're doing non-dairy mashups, then, right, this is probably, like, they probably just took a step up. They just, like, improved this thing, because otherwise they'd just make, like, a coconut version of this thing. And the thing to which I am referring is vegan cream cheese. And it disappoints so much. Oh, no. Trader Joe's (laughs) vegan cream cheese disappoints uh, extremely. It does not taste like cream cheese and it barely has the consistency of cream cheese. Uh, it tastes kind of like you ate a flour. Um, <laughs> and also like, like wheat flour, you like put wheat flour onto a floral flour and then you ate both of those. <laughs> oh my God. It sounds awful. Uh, is it worth adding to our non-dairy other database yeah i think so okay um okay my producer um would like to make a comment ah okay this is the the um my producer says that it tastes like if you took chalk for a blackboard um and like doused it in floral perfume that sounds awful. That's kind of the the feeling that they got. I can tell you what the ingredients are because I I took a picture of it. Um, yeah, what's is there like a main ingredient? Because we ha- in our um, in our database there is like a main ingredient field. Main ingredient: filtered water. Uh, after that, we've got <laughs> uh, coconut oil and sunflower oil, and then okay. soy protein concentrate. And uh, so obviously the rating is going to be pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, what age does it have to be the the adult in the room? I'm going to go with it has to be the adult in the room at 18. Um, but it's like 20 now and we're still not quite sure how that plays out in the long term. Right. Do they do they go like, oh, OK, I had to be the adult in the room. I'm going to like rework through all of this. This, you know, 
troubling stuff? Or do they go, hey, I had to be the adult in the room at 18 and I'm going to take it out on everyone around me forever. Um, But like still 18, having to be the adult in the room, not a great time. Okay. So so I'm going to go with, uh, it has to be the adult in the room at age 18, but it's like 20 now and has to reconsider how how it should be acting. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, good to know. I will not be buying yeah, that. It's I, I was like, oh, I got a bagel. It's going to be, this is going to be a good time. And it was not a good time. And then the bagels went bad because they didn't have any cream cheese to put on them. I understand you can freeze bagels. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> no, that's not how I was looking at you. I was looking at you like, ah, oh, damn. Bagels will be real good right now. Oh, they'd be so good. And now, a sponsored PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Hate waiting in long lines at the post office? Just cut in front and tell everyone behind you that you used Stamps.com. Visit Stamps.com, click on the microphone in the corner, and enter Speedy Boy, S-P-E-E-D-Y-B-O-I, for 99% off. This has been a sponsored PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Jared, if you designed the site y-n10.com and would like to tell us how you got to be in that position. Or if you would like to be the third person on this podcast, just so we have an actual adult in this room, uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter and tell me I'm at... (laughs) 